This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porn cast that totally won't destroy your future political career. My name is Alice Vaughn, and I'm your co-host here with my other lovely co-host, Yvette Dontremont, a.k.a. the Cybabe. How are you doing today, Yvette? I am. I'm surviving. I, I'm i better than surviving. I'm here with you and with our lovely. It's is lovely the right word for him. I think more than that, he is gorgeous. Our lovely and gorgeous guest star today, uh, our friend and comedian and lifelong skeptic, Ian Harris. Ian, how excited are you to be? You are the first man to am pop I? our MFF cherry here nice. on the porn cast. You are the first man here for a threesome with us. Wow. I feel super honored. Tell our audience a little bit about you. Well, I am. You just told me everything about me. I am. A, I am I'm just. I'm just a lowly comedian. And um, well, there's I'm nothing a, lowly about you. You're a little taller than me, at least. That's true. That's true. Maybe maybe I have an inch. Um, but, no, I'm just. You know, that's I'm, what I'm she a, said. Or no, in, he said. Yeah, exactly. In porn, every last inch counts. All right. That's right. So. That's right. It's uh, you know, I, I'm just a comedian and a skeptic, and um, I big into mixed martial arts and I just uh known for doing some impressions and being kind of an asshole to uh people who believe dumb stuff. That's kind of my it's, it's kind of my thing. It's why it's why I we mean, get along so well. <laughs> I feel like all three of us are assholes to people who are dumb. I actually funny story. So today uh someone tried porn explaining to me, someone who has a porn podcast. It happened. Oh, I saw that. I, I saw That's that hilarious. online discussion. I'm like, I'm just going to sit back and watch. Like, I mean, this happens to me, too. in each of the disparate fields I'm in, someone like I give talks at fitness conferences. Someone tried to tell me the ratios of carbs and fats I should eat. And I'm like, just a guy at a cafe. <laughs> this <laughs> happened today. I'm like, but I mean, same thing, like in a random foreign. Do you know anything about the porn industry? It's like, bro, we have talked for how many hours this week alone right. about the porn industry, the history of the porn industry. My God. But yeah, that was, I saw that and I was like, girl, how, how is this a thing that's happening to, oh wait, this will always happen. <laughs> so, Speaking of which, you, you, know, need, you need to have on at some point, uh, I'll have to connect you with my friend Yoshi, who is a comedian and he was a porn producer for many years. I think he was like a post-production supervisor for the porn industry awesome. for many years. And he's a comedian. Yeah, that would that would probably be an amazing conversation. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's well, a friend uh, of yours is a friend of ours. And, and we I was just saying we like having we like talking to people from all little corners of, of this. No, if you're tangentially related to a sector of this industry. We want to hear from you. So I, one of my friends used to write. I want to hear from a fluffer. I, yeah. What, <laughs> I, well, do they still have fluffers in the era of, of Viagra? Ooh, that's I a good mean, question. I would think so. You know, I want to hear from someone who's going, they took her jobs about Viagra. I had a job. I had a dream that my strong wrist would keep me employed <laughs> for all the days of my life. And then... Someone figured out that heart medication gave you a boner. Like I want, I want that to be a thing. The sad former do you think, fluffer. Do you think the fluffer jobs ever went to Canada, where they could get it for eighty cents on the dollar, and they were going? You know, they're like, oh, these these damn Canadian fluffers with stealing these, our jobs up there in Montreal. Canadian- Build the wall. The Canadian fluffers are coming. <laughs> I'm actually With imagining all their hockey. They have stronger wrists. Oh. I'm actually imagining a girl from the Midwest pursuing her dreams, moving out to LA, becomes a fluffer because that's her dream job. 
and then is replaced by an Im- someone who's an immigrant. They took our jobs, but it's like a Slovakian you know, immigrant. It's <laughs> you know they they are taking all the good first lady jobs, so right. they could start taking. Uh, you know, next up is definitely the fluffer positions. Now, do you think that anybody has ever come to Hollywood? to be a porn actress and yes. accidentally stumbled into real acting as it's, you know, <laughs> like the opposite where probably, they were destitute. They were on, on the you know, sure desperate for, for, for uh, porn gigs and they couldn't get anything. So they had to fall back to real acting. You know, every single thing that could happen in Hollywood, like for a story. And you know this, like you've met people who have had every improbable fucked up story possible in L.A. Like it's I mean, I moved out there to be a chemist and somehow I do comedy now. <laughs> like if everyone's and people told me before I moved uh, to L.A., you know, just don't go Hollywood on us. I'm like, guys, I'm not going to go Hollywood. I'm moving for a science job. Oops. Yes. Like, you just yeah, I mean, so there has to be someone who, you know, they're acting in those pornos. It was just so gosh darn good that right. they managed to, you know, somehow they got an agent. They landed an audition that, you know, I guess this is not the job I'm going to this week. Right. That has to have happened. So speaking of acting, we, uh, we you're the first person we've had on to uh, talk about the acting in one of porn with us. We're not just since you're not uh, in the industry, we want you to help us make one of these funny. And what are uh, it's. <laughs> Now, since we're doing a parody, we're doing the parody of uh, of Clockwork Orange. We're doing Clockwork Orgy. And we're doing this because uh, it's your favorite film. Would you like to tell our audience at home a little bit about the plot of Clockwork Orange if they haven't seen it? Yes. Well, yes. If you haven't seen it, it's the best movie ever made. So um, go see it. it, it it's uh, Stanley Kubrick, of course. It is about it's a it's. Made in the 70s and is a futuristic view of a futuristic view of the future. That's almost what I just said. Um, <laughs> it's it's basically taken from if you're if you're familiar with with the uh, 60s and 70s England. There was many gr- youth groups, a uh, youth um, gang. So there was the the rockers, which are the rockabilly mm-hmm. guys, and you had the skinheads and, or the mods. So you had the mods and the rockers and the skins who were always fighting and beating each other up at soccer ro- gang is soccer games and this sort of stuff, and the book was written about what happens in the future when violence is so commonplace that we are desensitized to such things. And then we have these these gangs running around where they're so violent, or they call it ultra-violent, and they, they rape and they beat people up and they kill people, and it's nothing to them because they're just so used to it. They grew up around it. So it's this futuristic view of gang violence in England and, you know, uh, what would it probably nowadays. And... um so yeah, it follows four guys who are, they call themselves droogs and they go around and they, their leader is Alex and um, Alex tries to, you know, they rape and murder and kill people they don't like and, and uh, they do it for fun and he gets caught and goes to prison and they, they try a new reform method where they give him something that makes him sick and they, it's brainwashing and they, they play videos of this, of violence and sex. And basically, anytime he sees violence and sex from that point on, he gets really sick. He wants to throw up. And if he gets too much of it, he wants to kill himself, or as he calls it, snuff it. He'll want to snuff it. And one of the byproducts is that during the video or during the, the film, they play Beethoven, which is his favorite. He's a, he loves Beethoven. The side effect is that every time he hears Beethoven, he also wants to kill himself. Yeah. And, they, and, he, and then he goes back out into the streets and everybody who's wronged him or he's wronged, everybody who he's wronged over his day gets their revenge on him, and he can't even defend himself because any thought of violence makes him want to kill himself. So he just has to be this, you know, gets beat up and just and shit on by everybody in society who he did to them. 
And they eventually just realize it's cruel and unusual punishment and they cure him, but they do it for political reasons. And on both ends, it's one group trying to pass their, their form for prison reform and the other, the other group trying to say that it's bad and, and what's better, free will or a safe society. And that's kind of what the whole thing's about. And at the end, they deprogram him and he's allowed to have sex and rape and kill again. And, and, <laughs> and that's, and that's what, what the movie's about. And, but it's, it's absolutely hilarious movie. Fun for the whole family. <laughs> yes. But the thing oh. is, it's actually a really funny movie, which, which is yeah. what's great about it is that the idea of what Kubrick I think did amazing is that how do you as an audience watch a movie and say, oh, wow, yeah. this is really something I should not be enjoying but I'm enjoying and it. Yet. And when you do that, it makes you really sick to your own stomach. It makes you go, God, I'm watching a rape scene and I'm laughing and I think this guy's awesome. I shouldn't be thinking these things. And you're supposed to hate yourself for thinking those things. And there's it's certain one of those, scenes that it's everyone one of those gets early to. Little, uh, it's, it's an early foray into an anti-hero kind of because we're not supposed to root for a character that's so awful. And yet, if that stops happening, we stop having something to make us laugh. Right. And, and the and, shame cycle continues. But And that, that's the brilliance of it, though. It is so many people go, man, I got to this scene. Or there's like two scenes specifically where they go, I got to these scenes and I couldn't get past that scene. And... I think, yeah, that's and because yet. Kubrick did his job and, and you were so disturbed by the scene, as you should be, that you turned it off. And, and I think he was trying to do that with the film, like, like make you feel, feel, so, feel what, what we're supposed to feel. We're supposed to not yeah. like this sort of stuff and we're not supposed to be desensitized to this sort of stuff. And that's why I, did, I think it's, it's such an amazing movie. So yes, when I heard there was a porn parody of it, <laughs> I had to know what that was about. So yeah. before I go into the description of the clockwork orgy, so fun fact, I first saw this film while I was a fr first semester freshman in college with a guy I was starting to see at the time. And I have to admit, it was really weird because he was trying to come on to me during those disturbing scenes. So, <laughs> yes, I can't wow. make it. So that was my last memory of a clockwork orange. And I... I barely remembered it, so I had to rewatch the movie, and I'm just having flashbacks to a guy tried to fuck me while I, I was watching a rape scene. Huh. In his semi-defense, he was in a room with a woman with a vagina. I mean, you could hardly <laughs> blame him. That's that's a thing. You know, it's that's a thing he would have done no matter what was playing in the background. <laughs> oh, Are God. you trying to say that that's what men do? Yeah, they get into rooms with women and like life is a series of rooms with people that you're trying to have sex with, I think is is the view of some people. That might be fairly accurate. I mean, it's not it's not not accurate. It's just a very reduction reductivist view of the world. Yes, so, it's re yes, it, reduct it's reductionist. It's reductivist. Reductionist, I think, is a person who makes reductions out we're of red wine. <laughs> that's probably what that's, I am. That's my theory. Reductivist is I think is the word. I'm looking for. Uh, so let's um, let's head on to uh, a description of Clockwork Orgy. Uh, it's Alice. Uh, over to you for this, because I'm yeah. sure you've got. I'm sure. I'm sure you have a, a quick write up on that one. So actually, I'm not going to go too deep into a description since <laughs> Ian deep, actually did a great overview of a Clockwork Orange. Now, a Clockwork Orgy is slightly different. So we actually have a heroine. Her name is Alexandra instead of Alex. I have to admit, the director very much followed the script for the most part. I don't want to say to a T, but 
He definitely tried recreating a lot of the same similar instances. The droogs are there. um, The milk bars are there. The jail scenes are there. You know, the plot is for the most part there. And we'll definitely dive more into that. But there's sex. There's definitely a lot more sex. There's (laughs) there's a lot more plot holes than I imagined. And I I have to and I have some fun facts at the end of this, which are going to probably surprise you as much as they surprised me or at least one fun fact. But actually, let's just start diving in to the opening credits of, you know, we had the Corovia milk bar where we had Alex uh, or Alexandra and her droogs. We had Patty, Georgina and Dumb. (laughs) Now, what did you guys think of the milk bar scene? The first scene starts off at the milk bar. And I mean, they're really not in there for long before they get out and kind of tear the clothes off a uh, A off a homeless man. And I'm like, I feel I feel like we should just warn people if you are easily triggered by uh, certain sexual things, just don't watch this one at all. Like there are far too many things that are borderline or absolutely are. I mean, look at the goddamn material from which they uh, pulled this. Uh, Yeah, but they definitely uh, if if it's not this one. If if it's not rape, it is rape adjacent. What they did to the homeless man, it was it was very uh yeah that was so, that was quite intense. So actually, so in this universe, instead of ultra violence, uh, we have ultra sex, and uh, yes. I have to admit. Yeah, oh, so yes. prior to them going out for and prepping for ultra sex at the milk bar, I felt like there was a missed opportunity. They could have gotten milk from a tit, like in the Stanley Kubrick film. What? It's hmm. maybe they, they thought that was too too on the nose because they actually got milk from a tit in the Stanley Kubrick film. Yeah, I would think they would go some other direction in the porn. Um, I hmm. being women, that they would do some, but that would probably be. I wonder if they just didn't want to combine like the you know the purpose of the tit with the sexualization of the tit. Uh, I, I wonder if that was a thing that they're like, we can't show that. That's what we actually use boobs for. I don't know. I'm surprised the milk didn't come from a ceramic dick. Now that would be ah, <laughs> oh, that that would be that would actually kind of work for this for the women. I mean, because as women, it's not the, you, you would think if they're the they're the ones that are out raping guys. You know, it, it was also I think this this movie also had there was a squirting orgasm scene later on. They could have had this just you know flowing from a from a uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for um, a squirting orgasm fountain. Uh, no, I was the. Um, not pocket pussy. Um, the 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 ones that they're 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 little rubber vaginas. I, I oh, like fleshlight fleshlight. That was the exact word I was looking for. And it's funny because every time I come to the word fleshlight, which happens far more often in my life than you'd expect, I stumble over it for a minute. I'm like, it starts with the letter F. I know it's there somewhere. I forgot what it was. It was yeah. weird to hear a girl say, "Come to the." word fleshlight because it's, it's usually guys that say they come to the fleshlight it's you know i've never co- I, i've i've never come to the fleshlight it's very sad very sad but yeah it's i i think coming out a fleshlight fountain would have been appropriate but yeah there was a pretty good squirting yeah. orgasm uh doled out in this later on so yeah they definitely kind of rapacized that homeless guy i was which I have something to say about. I mean, for a, for a drunk bum, he was awfully clean and manicured. Come on. Yeah, I I have I Where's have serious concerns about that. I mean, I don't want anybody to think that suddenly, just due to movie magic, somebody is going to smell good if they have been homeless for a long period of time. I'm just saying, I make someone shower as soon as they get home <laughs> if they want sex. I'm just I'm just saying this is not an accurate portrayal of events. Don't think it's a documentary. 
this is shocking to everyone I know. I don't understand why the homeless guy was protesting so much. <laughs> I, I, it, I, I really don't think he's had much better coming, coming around and throwing themselves at him. In the, in the, in, and I know that's such a male way to look at it, but he is a male. <laughs> like, and I mean, he did kind of stop protesting fairly quickly. Uh, but I mean, it was... Uh, I mean, when you're sucked off by Rebecca Lord, it's like, oh no, please don't. Yeah, there yeah. were... I was about to say that. And that scene kind of went on for a while after... Like, it starts with just the ripping off the clothes. And then it's like, it was a bunch of other uh, positions and angles and fucking. And they were on right. the car. And I'm like, oh, wow. They managed to turn this quick little uh, rip the clothes off the man scene into a, a long and done out, you know, sexing scene with all the different women. And it was, I think what's funny about this to me is that we've done, uh, we've analyzed a few older porns now. They've been from uh, the 70s and 80s, what Alice and I have looked at so far. This one's a little like newer. It's from, uh, this was made in the 90s, I, I believe. The 90s, yeah. And we're starting to see like more of the 90s style. 95? Yeah. It's like this was, this had more of the 90s style porn acting. And I think the best way I can describe it is it's soap opera-esque. Yeah. It's very soap opera-y acting. It's it's soap opera-y. Oh, uh, the music, the background music. In yes. that scene? It's uh, not in that one, but later on, like there oh, was... Oh, well, no, 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 no. Hold it. Hold we it. haven't gotten there yet. Okay. Stop. Okay. I know where you're okay, going. But, all right. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm sitting on it. Gotta okay. go scene by scene. I love the irony that the drunk bum was also played by um, an actor named Dick Nasty. Nice. That's absurdly on the nose. You know, and who knows, maybe he had the nicest smelling dick in the business. We just, we don't know. We'll never know. It's, I mean, maybe somebody from that set remembers and they're like, you know, Dick Nasty, he was, it smelled like fucking roses. We just don't know. I wonder if his character's name was Whiskey Dick, though. See, that would have made Oh, <laughs> oh, those, it's, maybe he gave himself insulting, uh, it's, you know, set expectations low and that way you can surprise someone. Maybe that's what he was going with. I can, I yes. can respect that. The one thing that's, that impressed me is, I think you you'd mentioned this earlier, how well they stick to the storyline, yeah. and even some of the shots, and even some of the 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 sets and the everything. I was like, wow, this they really followed that they followed the movie so much that yeah. it was almost like. I can't, I'm, I can't even, I couldn't get into this if I was trying to get into this because I'm like, it's just too close to the movie with bad acting. Like, <laughs> it, it the was directing exactly. and everything was good and the dialogue was actually, was they actually did a really good job of sticking to similar dialogue where she says, starts out by going, it was I, Alex, and me, my drugs and oh, she does man. the whole thing, like says it just like the movie. They use a lot of the same language. They, they oh. follow the scene so well, but yet, with these horrible accents and the horrible acting, and you're just like the concept. Yeah, I, mean, can't, I can't go there. Maybe it's just been a while that since I've seen Clockwork Orange, but like, did they constantly? I feel like halfway through the movie, they started calling each other brother and sister constantly, and I'm like, this wasn't there for the first half of this movie. Like, did an editor get a copy of this script and just you know, like partway through and start changing it? Was a new writer? Someone made decisions with this, and I want to know why. It was just a very strange switch, like part way through the thing. And I'm like, I don't know who made the decision that everyone was now brother and sister in this very melodramatic voice. But it was funny. In the movie, in, in the original movie, they say he always says brother. Huh. It's, he always says, hmm, oh, my brother. I, Let me, your humble narrator and whatever. And he goes, 
He calls everybody my brothers and sisters. Oh yeah, that would. But it is weird that yes, they did. They, they did start that much later. Yeah, and it was, and I think that was why it caught me off guard. It was like partway through the movie, I was like, er? They realized, yeah. oh, this is how they do it in Clockwork Orange. We need to change it, but only right. for the parts of the script we haven't written yet, because writing, because co- copy replace doesn't exist yet in MS Word. I think it did. But right. Let's see where are we have to in the port at this point. So at this point, uh, we now have a scene with, with Alexandra's parole officer. One of the things we learn in the scene is sex is a crime in this society, as we learn from her parole officer, who then proceeds to screw Alexandra. Yes. Because that's what your parole officer is supposed to do after reprimanding you for doing the thing you're not supposed to do. You know, it was a very confusing relationship with these two. I was I was left, I was not sure what to think that this poor girl was supposed to do to try to rehabilitate herself in this oversex society. No, no. Good girl on girl scene, though. <laughs> but it's a- <laughs> it was definitely very 90s, you know, big tits, blondes. Big tits, no ass. Very nice. I have to say, not Very nice. too. Yeah, sitting on a face, lots of eating out, a couple blondes screwing each other. So decent hair pulling, some ass slapping, vibrators involved. I think this is what men think happens at like all women sleepovers. Like yes. that is my theory. And wait I'm a second. Are you trying to tell me that's not what happens? I mean, Ian, that's exactly what happens. Oh. All of well, I All mean, right, good. at least at my sleepovers. I don't know about everyone else's. You, if you almost just told me that Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> wait, wait, he's not. <laughs> well, I don't know. You, you should see what happens when Santa Claus comes over to my sleepovers. Oh my! Uh, now it was funny because I was watching, you know, this scene at first, and I was like, I, I was like, this is a faked orgasm. This is a really faked. Or- oh man, she's squirting. <laughs> uh, that is not a thing you can uh, she you can fake all that easily. So I was I was impressed with the handiwork on this scene. I'm just saying that is not something easily accomplished. It, it takes some restraint. Kudos to you, my parole officer. <laughs> Just throwing that one out there for everyone in the room to get very, very blushy on me. Well, she is the hardest working parole officer. <laughs> She's the Chris Jenner of parole officers. No, yes. The devil works hard, but no one works harder than Chris Jenner. Yes. I think that we get to proceed into one of the scenes I probably judge the most. There's a handful of scenes where I'm like, I'm super judgy. And this next one, I feel like, Ian, considering how much you love the original, you probably had issues you took with it. So then we have the home invasion scene. Right. In the original Clockwork Orange, we have, maybe you could describe it for our audience uh, in brief, what the home invasion scene is supposed to look like. Well, yes, it's a super rich house and the guy's a famous writer and, and they break into his house um, just for fun and they uh, rape his wife in front of them, in front of the man and who is not able to, he's, he's in a wheelchair. He's handicapped and they rape his wife or i guess they they hurt him they they eventually becomes handicapped but, uh, later but he they injure him they rape his wife in front of him and they and it's one of the scenes that most people can't get past by the way because while they're doing it alex is beating the crap out of him and singing singing in the rain while raping his wife that definitely wasn't quite quite as powerful i wouldn't say no so uh you have uh alexandra and her droogs who basically storm into this guy's apartment, um, which definitely does not look overly luxurious. No. Now, that said, don't, we aren't treated to Gene Kelly singing in the rain. Instead, we get, take me out to the ball game. Yes. <laughs> yeah, which I, well done, I guess. 
They're also not wearing masks at all, so he clearly can tell who they are. Yeah, there's, oh yeah, there's no mask with their big nose. And then, you know, as soon as they, you know, while they're holding him down, they're about to start screwing him. You know, he's yelling, I have a wife. Okay. We needed some quotables in this movie. <laughs> I'm surprised why they didn't have the, why they didn't reverse the roles and have the wife right? be tied up in a chair or something while they go after the husband in front of the wife. That would make a little, little bit more sense. You know, maybe they just couldn't find like a sixth person who was available for an orgy that week. That's absolutely possible. It definitely was not quite as good as the uh, other scenes, especially being the iconic scene in Clockwork Orange. You think they, they could have put a little bit more time into recreating this one. And he was, uh, he was again, which is kind of the problem with this premise, is that he's all, he's kind of a willing participant. Yeah. <laughs> like They all are at some point. At some point, they're all like, yeah. okay, I guess we're having sex. <laughs> I think the, the moral of the story for all of us is that, you you know, if when you dress up in matching costumes with your friends and violate every known law of consent and, and decency, maybe it'll work out if you're either in a 90s porn or a Stanley Kubrick film. Yes. I think that's the moral of the story from all of us. That's my theory. Anyways, <laughs> so onwards to, onwards to the next scene. Now our heroine is in jail. But here's my problem. How was she caught? They, yeah, I, I feel like this the is fuck? something that was left on the cutting room floor because yeah. all of a sudden she's just in jail. And we don't, we are not. I just, I want to know why was that left in the editing room? I, I need answers. I demand them. I don't know. Cut for time. It, it must not have, the police catching her and it must must not have been the best scene the sex scene i don't know i think there could have been a great scene between her and her parole officer that was a setup for more intense dildo smashing i'm just saying and then the next thing we know is we see alexandra being sent to prison where she has to give up all her possessions and here's what's interesting so first we have a little bit of comedy here they threw in so they do a comedic strip search where they say, empty your pockets and bear in mind, she's wearing skin tight clothing. Yeah. <laughs> so you could see if there's anything bulging out and th there's not too many places you can hide. I mean, not I mean, unless those fake tits are like hiding something within them, which I have questions. That would have been cool. <laughs> Unzips boob. Um, yep. So she's pulling out handcuffs, uh, comedically large handcuffs, a massive butt plug. And then next thing you see is like a massive like pool party style inflatable dick. I mean, that's that's a thing I have in my pocket generally. Just for comedic sake, though. Exactly. I mean, I actually do keep a bag of dicks in my in my purse, a little bag of candy dicks. And that way I can always tell someone to eat a bag of dicks. Now here. There you go. Look, my humor is lame, but it is mine and I will keep it. I mean, just in case you ever run into a diabetic. Exactly. You can offer them dicks. Dicks can save their life. You know, that would be a great thing for diabetic assholes. <laughs> Look, eat a bag of dicks, you diabetic asshole. There are so many, there are so many jokes with a bag of dicks. Do recommend everyone go out and buy themselves a bag of dicks, mainly to have one on hand to give to the person in your life that you most think deserves a bag of dicks. I think this is something that we should start selling. Alice, <laughs> we need to design our <laughs> own our bag website? of dicks. I think we're going to have to get there. You need to do it like a, a, a bakery. 
Because every time I hear that, I think of the Louis C.K. bit where he, when somebody says, tells him eat a bag of dicks, and he goes, I don't know what that looks like. Does it look like a like a grocery bag with baguettes? Is it with a spoon? <laughs> exactly. Are they slimy? How do they go down? I'm just imagining a cereal. I don't oh. know. How, how does that work? <sighs> like yeah, that just was... little dicks swimming in a pool of milk. I always think of them as candies. I don't know. I just want a box of dickos. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> The one and only Dickios. Dickios. Dickos? I don't know. Would it have would Dickos have little marshmallow vaginas? Oh. Be like Lucky Charms. Oh. Oh, see? I'm just saying, of course, the vaginas would be marshmallows because those are so delightfully sweet to eat. Sweet and delicious? Yes, exactly. And you know there's going to be that asshole in the family and you're going to wonder, hey, who ate all the vaginas in the box? That's Somebody right. ate all the pussy already. It's perfect. I think someone needs to make that. I'm just saying there should always be extra supplies of the vagina marshmallow because there's never, the pussy is never run out of. That's not a, that's not a thing. You can never... And then at some point, someone would be like, great, now all I got left is a bag of dicks. <laughs> oh. um, so getting back to our movie. So this is where I was a little frustrated because then they have Alexandra do a strip search to check if she's hiding anything in her ass. And so she gets completely naked. They spread her cheeks and then we just go to the next scene. And that's it. We are done with that scene. Really? We're not going to explore her asshole further? What? Yeah. I was very let down by this. I feel like they set us up a lot with this strip search for nothing. I'm like, really? This was a good setup for a lot of different things. Nothing. Don't you think they should have actually found something? (laughs) (laughs) Right? That seems like a thing that they could have, like, I mean, maybe they could have found another inflatable dick. Wouldn't that be the perfect place to hide that butt plug? It was here all along. (laughs) It's almost made for it. (laughs) There are so many, I mean, it's just, Uh. it's your own, like, once upon a time, I believe it was called, the vagina was referred to as a sausage wallet. I've heard coin purse multiple times, never sausage wallet. Uh, Either that or (laughs) it was an expression for a slutty woman. It was one or the other, who knows? I feel like this is a place where she knows she can. It is known as a place where you can shove something into. If you're going to try to sneak something into a prison, why wouldn't there be something in there? That could have been fun. They missed that opportunity. So I personally would have loved if she had spread her legs and a bunch of loose change would have come out. You know what I feel like would have been fun? Like a pinata, just candy. Ooh, candy. That would have been nice. Like a pussy full of joy. Well, I mean, they are they are full of joy anyway. But I mean, why not? We're doing the search anyway. Just, just. Whoosh. Are we back to the candy dicks thing? Probably. Now I want candy to fall out of the vagina while they're doing a strip search of it. Why not? I feel like you just have a sugar craving at this point. That's a place where Starburst can hide. That's where I hide all the pink and red ones. <laughs> And that's why they call them pink and red. Is it in your rider to not have the green M&Ms there? Exactly. The green M&Ms go in the other hole. (laughs) Melts in your butt, not in your vagina. That's what's in the the ad, right? That's that's the slogan. That's the slogan. I knew it. I don't feel comfortable fetishizing a green M&M. I just, I still don't feel comfortable. I know that someone's skink out there. I know as, I know as I'm saying this, I feel like I'm almost kink shaming someone for having like a turn on for the green M&M, but 
Yeah. You know, that is someone's love. And don't you make someone feel bad for how they express that love, Alice? (laughs) Damn it. All over a plastic fake (laughs) Evan. No, it's like just, just to, of course, I know that uh, to, to the, our listeners at home, we've joked about, uh, you know, kink shaming slash not kink shaming. I, I don't think anyone has a kink for the green M&M. If you do, <laughs> and I mean, I'm laughing because it's so ridiculous, but you know, it's like, there are a lot of things out there that people do legitimately uh, shame people for that are kind of within the realm of, of fairly commonly known kinks. We're really not out to shame anyone for that. And there are going to be bits of porn that we watch that are not going to be things that are, you know, normal within our normal purview of porn. So going back to the movie, like what you like, even if it's the green M&M. So getting back to the movie. So now we uh, the camera goes back to our three droogs. I, by the way, this conversation, I didn't understand what the hell they were talking about. Did you guys get, get anything? I could barely hear a word from uh, from a handful of conversations in there. And I don't know if it was just that the uh, the version of the movie I saw was had poor audio or what. But there were some speeches in there that I kind of heard like the loudest and most clearly enunciated parts. But there were other speeches where I heard next to nothing. And this was this was one of those sections. Yeah. And I feel like I'm going to pull the man card and go. They were talking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's where I was about to say, you know, we're recording this and we're sending it to your wife, but you know, we're recording this yeah, okay. and your wife knows who you are. Yes. It's, she's met you. And of course I'm kidding. Yes, I, I know. Mm-hmm. No, honestly, there was a few, there was quite a few times where I was like, not because they were women talking, but because they were bad actresses. Yes. Badly acting. There are times when you can tell that they're looking at the script that they just read yesterday <laughs> and they just know that acting means you should read carefully and enunciate clearly. Right. That's I really think that was how some people acted in junior high and high school drama. Just make sure the words are spoken so that people can hear you. There was some of that in here. And then there was some soap and yeah, maybe stuff. they were theater porn actors. <laughs> the- <laughs> I am from the theater. This the pussy theater. shall be dignified. <laughs> then Georgina, one of the droogs, bumps into Billy Bob. So AKA who happens to be Billy Boy in this movie. And she screws him. So that happens. Yes. Do you guys have any thoughts on this scene? Because I don't. No, I f- feel like it was just Phil. It was. Filler. I mean, there are a handful of bangs in this one that are, they happened, like not a lot. I mean, nothing, this one, as far as the sex went, like there were a lot of, of, if you take away the external elements from them, there were some pretty hot sex scenes, but it was just, it was fairly hard to enjoy the sex scenes with all of the creepy kind of rapey (laughs) stuff around it. So that's, uh, I mean, that was my takeaway from it. Cause it's like, if say this was just, they'd only film the sex and they took away all the, uh, you know, all, all of the scripting, all of the attempt to make a parody. Sex was pretty decent. It was pretty fun. It's, you know, sexy people having a, a sexy good time. But man, the it's that plot kind of ruined the fucking for me <laughs> or not ruined, but it kind of it distracted kind of like in Clockwork Orange. The plot is, you know, some of the things are so insidious that they can ruin the good acting. <laughs> <laughs> or they can make it hard to watch something that is so well uh, put together. And also, I feel like just the subject matter of what they were spoofing, it's its like yeah. going to be hard to 
even if it's great, yes. it's going to be hard to be interested if you're watching a porn version of Platoon. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? It's Before we shoot these, we're going to shoot something else. Like, I don't know. There's nothing. <laughs> there are some things that just should not have a porn. Well, I'd say they shouldn't have a porn version of them. But Rule 34, man, everything is out there somehow. Right. I mean, I have a list. You know that. You don't just have a list. You have a spreadsheet. There's We are more organized than lists. But yeah, there's a porn version of everything. There's a porn version of E.T. We're going to get to that. Wow. Oh, God. It's one thing. Oh, so we're past the scene now. I did want to point out one thing a little nutty in here. The background music at one of the scenes we've passed by at this point, it sounded like it came out of Pirates of the Caribbean. I swear to God, like there has been background music so far that has sounded both like it's like background in like a sensitive scene from a 90s soap opera and or like, you know, this week's very special episode from like one of the 90s TGI Friday type things or the stuff from the background has been it sounded like they ripped it from Pirates of the Caribbean. It's <laughs> been a very strange mix of music. I feel what they were trying to do because I noticed that too. And I'm thinking, OK, they're trying to stick with the original and do something that's Ludwig Vonish. Ah, makes sense. They have a guy with a Casio keyboard. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, that's his version of, oh, man. of the ninth or whatever. You're just like, I don't think you're going to be able to quite get the full sound that we want of Beethoven from your Casio keyboard yeah. and, and the eighth grade band teacher that does your music. There are some interesting choices on the music. We'll say it. that. We'll leave it that way. There you go. So let's move on to the next scene because this gets really interesting. So the warden has a cure for ultrasex. And that is by strapping Alexandra to a chair and showing her scenes of lots of normal vanilla sex. You know, that would cure me of wanting to fuck. Yes. Watching boring sex would do it. I was thinking they could have gone more creative. I mean, she seemed repulsed, so she was repulsed by vanilla sex. I mean, then again, if you're only participating in, quote, ultra sex, then maybe vanilla sex is going to be what turns you off. I thought, I don't know, it was a missed opportunity for, I mean, look, we do have a podcast called Two Girls, One Mike. What was a 90s version of Two Girls, One Cup? I have no idea. Um, let's see. I think the, it took until the early 2000s until we got Tub Girl. And that wasn't really uh. porn. It was just horrifying. <laughs> so And Goatsy. Yeah, those yes. those two were, were it's... Hmm. I think the first time I ever saw something on the internet that was just designed to and did make me uh, want to vomit was Tub Girl. Oh, my God. That girl needed some emodium. <laughs> Also, as part of her treatment, it seems like it's to watch the warden and uh, yes. Nicole Lace fuck the shit out of each other, yeah. um, which I actually thought was one of the better sex yeah, scenes. Yeah, I was about to say that one, uh, that one was pretty hot. And it seemed like I think part of what makes a good scene in some of these is in a lot of the cases is chemistry. And they seem to kind of dig each other, like at least while they were. Well, they were going at it or, you know, that, that natural a, a sense that they were attracted to each other was evident, at least to me. Now, that said, we had a couple of cutbacks back to our heroine, Alexandra. I, should I keep referring to her as a heroine, someone who supposedly like rapes people? In it's, a, she's a parody movie. She's, a, she's just misunderstood. Alice, how did you not know that? Yes. She's misunderstood. She means well. She can't help she's it. Just, she's got to rape hobos. Duh. We have some fantastic quotable 
quotes in this scene, in my opinion. Uh, you oh, know, yes. You might have some of the same ones. Uh, you know, when she starts getting sick at the prospect of sex, she says some fantastic lines like, you've proved to me that the ultra sex is wrong, wrong, terribly wrong. It's wrong because it's like against society. Oh, my God. Question. How are they reproducing in this future? I want to know, is there, do they differentiate between sex and ultra sex? Like, is just normal old sex, like, you know, missionary 930 Saturday night under the covers with your partner? Is that okay? And like, is there some weird thing that happens that causes the sex to become ultra sex? What makes it ultra? I think that it's ultra because it's against their will and there's more, there's four women. Um, (laughs) By the way, that's a direct quote from the original movie movie. Huh. He actually says he's trying to get them to stop showing it. So he says, uh, no, I see that you, um, you've convinced me that it's all this violence and sex stuff is wrong because it's like, like a- against society. <laughs> and, oh. and he says that wow. like trying to convince it, them it was, that he's, and that he's learned. He goes, I've just... learned, sir. I've learned. Yep. It's not right. And they're like, nope, you haven't learned yet. Yeah, so that because it's like wow. against society is actually what Alex says in the movie. See, I thought that was just bad writing. <laughs> it's amazing what good acting slash good directing will do to the same script. Yes, right. You also had some other lines like rather dry in me, gashy washy, almost sick. Ian, did they use gashy washy? Was was that in the original? Not specifically gashy washy, but he did say everything he would. You know, he would say something he wumpany. Like he always, that was the thing he did. That was part of their ridiculous language. Is oh. that he? Yeah, he would always said stupid stuff like that. The character is supposed to be an idiot. So well, then maybe they're nailing it. Maybe I don't even know. And this actress probably even just nailed it, and I had no idea. We also have the warden saying a line which I had to jot down. Yvette, before you asked, you know, what is sex like in this society? Well, according to the warden, sex and violence are horrible things. When we are healthy, we respond to sex and promiscuity with fear, anxiety, and even nausea. Does anyone have any amount of sex, consensual adult sex, or is all sex and like people just make babies via, do they come out of the matrix? Are they in eggs? Are we hatched? Do they come from the stork? Everyone's a tube baby. Everyone's a tube baby. That's, well, I can see why they're having the ultra sex. I would get a little annoyed with this. They tough it out. And they have that horrible sex and they throw up afterward just at least so they can procreate. They're taking one for the team. You know, they all have very bad dental issues, but they're making some babies. That's it. Oh, man. Then we have Alexandra is showed off to an audience that she's cured. And clearly, when you show off someone who's cured from ultra sex, you show them off in a bra and panties. I mean, made perfect sense because, I mean, how else do you tell the world that your lovely, newly cured person is is cured if they don't know that she has a perfectly formed rack? Yeah, it's true. That seeing her very lovely set of purity is what convinced me that she was now freshly tiddly reformed. That's those aren't the words I meant to use. That's not. Yes, it. they were. That's, that was. That was yes, yes, it were. was. I was just I'm very uh, titillated. That was amusing. But of course, that kind of that did kind of lead into her having to be tempted by the other woman. Uh, she was wearing the black teddy and no idea her name. Yeah, it's, <laughs> she was there and there was fucking she's there in the black teddy and she's like, come get it. No, don't you can't have it. And it's like and Alexandra starts getting sick and dry having exactly what you wanted out of that scene. Not quite what I wanted, but it was close. 
There was this wonderful little scene where she's on the floor and reaching up at her and it's very dommy. I enjoyed that. That was lovely. I feel like that scene was, I think that there might have been a missed pornographic opportunity in favor of style slash sticking to original clockwork orange things. But I I applaud their integrity for the script. I can't believe I'm saying this. So It It is weird, though, how I can just picture a writer or director going... You're ruining my words. <laughs> I've had this dream for years. How dare you? How dare you curse at my work? This is Kubrick. Uh, you know, this <laughs> is a classic. It's, you're not just spitting a Kubrick. You're coming on him. Oh. If you fuck up my version of The Shining, we're through. Oh my God. I was just saying, we just had one that had the Shining-esque elements in it. And I'm, there has to be a, oh, there has to be the Shining parody. Right. That has to exist exist. I'll find it. Yeah, there's got to be some good nutty shining parody. Anyways, ba- let's finish up with this one. <laughs> Back to this. Back to the film. Then right after Alex's release to the world. So as Ian mentioned in the original, once our character is released back into the world, a lot of the people that he wronged seek revenge. And in this case, that homeless bum and a handful of other people do kind of a, well, let's be honest, they're trying to simulate a gang rape scene on on Alexandra. Um, However, for me, I was kind of, I was lost um, when she said, fuck me harder. Yeah, she was, I, I didn't believe it. I feel like I feel like the acting in that scene, because like she was kind of screaming it in an aggressive way. Like I've I think we've all been there where we've screamed, fuck me harder. Ian, back me up on this. You've screamed, fuck me harder. I'm sure. But like, Look, there's, I have I, no objection that she screamed it. I have an objection with the placement and the continuity of the film. God damn it. It seems like they were like, we needed you to yell, fuck me harder. Can you go back and and yell? And she just yelled, fuck me hard. Like it was it was off putting the way it was yelled. And it wasn't that she didn't have like it wasn't that she didn't have a phone sex operator voice. It was that it was kind of a like a yelling and instruction like, you know, heave the bolt up. That No, that's not how you tell someone to fuck you. Like it was strange. I was trying to figure out because before that it even got to here, I thought, well, I know what's going to happen. They're going to, everyone's going to seek their revenge, <laughs> which means they're going to rape her. Yep. But then I'm like, well, you can't do a pornographic movie where it's not enjoyable. Yeah. But the whole plot of this is that she can no longer enjoy it. So I thought to myself before it even got there, how, how are they going to do this scene and have her not enjoy it, but have her enjoy it? Because she enjoys it. It goes completely against yep. the treatment. And if she doesn't enjoy it, it's going to be a horrible scene. Yeah. And I think they were trying to merge that too. Like say, okay, say these things this way so it still sounds good, but be angry about it like you don't really mean it. I don't know. You're getting late and it's, you're not, don't worry, you're not being raped, but you're angry that the sex is happening even though you consent to it so we're not being horrible. Something like that, I think. Maybe. So when you scream, fuck me harder, yeah. just say it in a confusing voice. I, yeah. I don't know. Confusing, I think, is a good... Fuck me harder? Like, that would have been less confusing <laughs> yeah. for me than than the way she... Like, it was... Like, I think if I, if I were a man with my penis and a person who said, fuck me harder, the way she said it, I would be like, I'm going to slowly remove this. I don't... I feel like she is in some sort of agony or discomfort, and I don't know if my member is causing it. But I don't think fucking harder is the answer right now. But... 
I'm still confused by all of the exacting of revenge stuff because it's, it's like it was a long scene of fucking in that parking lot. Oh, you could have made a sandwich in that scene. Yeah. Left, got made a sandwich and came back. And I realized like there was lots of sexing happening. And I, I realized at some point that anyone who ever says that they haven't been in an orgy and they've been a high school student who's had like been with a group of people going out camping or you've been in an orgy, you just don't know it. It's just that you had two people in like if you've been camping and everyone has been in their tent, you've been and like watching the scene made this very clear to me because like there were groups of two people everywhere having sex just kind of next to each other. And I'm like, it seemed very weirdly high school parking lotty to me. And I'm like, everyone has been in a place where they've been having a lot of people have been in places where they've been having sex adjacent to their friends. It happens when you go camping. So you've all probably been in orgies. You just don't know it. <laughs> This scene yeah. made that very clear to me, and I'm sorry for giving you all that realization or for making you think I'm crazy or for making you horrified to go camping with me. A little. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe wanting to go camping with your people. Now Alexandra, she breaks away from the homeless men and uh, shows up at the guy's house that they barged into earlier on, her and her droogs. And this time he's in a wheelchair because that's what happens when you fuck someone so hard. They end up in a wheelchair because he's injured. Clearly, you know, they, I think maybe they snapped his dick. Who knows? We don't know what kind of medical issues this guy now has. These things happen. He herniated his discs, putting his back into it. I like that. I mean, I think fucking his back in half. That works. That works. Or fucking his legs off. <laughs> he has a like a crazy shocked face when he takes her in. You know, he's read about her in the papers regarding her in the experiments. He even calls her a sacrificial lamb. And then next thing we see is uh, Alexandra is in a tub and she yeah. is singing. She begins singing, singing in the rain, um, <laughs> which which is ironic considering that never played when he was getting raped, it would have made more sense if she had been singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm like, they could have nailed this a little harder. Like, there was something that I'm like, this is funny, It's, but it's not, they they missed an opportunity. And also, she wasn't wearing a mask originally, so he knows immediately. Exactly. <laughs> How would he not recognize her? The whole point of the original is that he doesn't recognize him because he's not wearing the mask, and then he hears singing in the rain in the bathtub, and he goes, oh, this is the guy who raped my wife and put me in this wheelchair. And then he decides to torture the man. That's that's the realization. At first, he thinks, "Oh, this is a, a poor kid who's been abused by the by the system." And then he realizes, "Oh shit, this is the guy who violated my entire life." And that's the conflict. But you know, because you see her when she walks in the door. I wonder if somehow they couldn't. Uh... I was about to say if they couldn't get the rights to a song, but it's like, no, how could they have not gotten rights to do a song just a second time in the movie? Like it's they should have been able to use it for her to sing and for the. Yeah, that's what I originally thought. I'm like, oh, they, they're using Take Me Out to the Ballgame because they don't have the rights to sing it in the yeah. rain. And it was that or Happy Birthday. Yeah, um, so, it was, so it was a very strange selection. Well, no, I was supposed to say Happy Birthday only came off of being able to be used for free recently. Huh. Yeah, like oh, it really? was. That's a, a strange one. But yeah, that one you oh, needed right. to pay for that that's one. That's why for, they always go Happy, Happy Birthday, Birthday, Birthday to at the uh, it's, restaurants yeah, and stuff, I, right? I think so. It's that's. But yeah, like in movies when they have to, you know, sing Happy Birthday to someone, a lot of times they just skip that, uh, you know, partially for probably partially for timing reasons but also why bother paying right so this guy is triggered from alexandra singing a song that he he wouldn't have heard <laughs> when she violently came into his life but the guy is 
triggered and his... This is why your porn needs a continuity director. I agree. <laughs> but the guy is triggered and his body starts convulsing. Ian, you're the resident expert. Did he start like convulsing in the normal film too? Nope. There is a scene where they're shooting down from high and he's going... Like he's, he's completely enraged and his face is like turning beet red and he's clenching his fist when he realizes, oh, this guy's in my house again and this is the guy. He doesn't convulse. No, he just has a fit of rage. Then he forces Alexandra to watch softcore porn because he wants to torture her and somehow he's already figured out how to torture her without knowing. I don't know. Maybe that was written about in the article he read in the paper. Who I think knows? That's, I think you're supposed to believe that's that, that was written about in the article about, which is what happened in the real film. Okay. And, the, and the, whoever did this stuck to it pretty well okay. is, that, yeah. is that they actually, somebody writes a story about how this new treatment, and he's the poster boy for this new treatment, and this writer guy is on the other political spectrum, and he thinks it's taking this man's free will. And he says, I read about you, poor boy. They've tortured you. They're using you for political gain. I can't believe this. Come inside. We're going to get this fixed. We're going to... And then as soon as he's taking a bath, he realizes, oh shit, I'm trying to help the guy who put me in this situation in the first place. So he's conflicted. And then they decide, fuck it. Let's torture the fuck out of this guy. And they know that in the in the paper, it says, oh, we understand that one of the side effects was that your favorite music got mixed in there. And now you can't listen to Beethoven. So in the movie, they put him in a room and they blast Beethoven. Huh. <sighs> so it must have been that he read the news in the newspaper that any sort of visual of sex makes her go crazy. So... They're going to put her in a room. With all of the sex. Which she couldn't just close her eyes or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it was just played on a small tube, so. Yeah. Par- apparently closing one's eyes is a difficult thing to do in this porno. I got nothing. Instead of closing her eyes and, you know, go- going through that, she decides to throw herself out a window. Out a window, yeah. <laughs> then she wakes up, of course, miraculously safe in a hospital room where she has a nurse and the nurse does a little bit of a test. Uh, where she goes through some different imagery. So first we see like a cowboy scene and Alexandra is supposed to react to all these images. Now, for me, the kicker was um, before we get to the Ron Jeremy photo and the jab, which is brilliant. So they pull out a photo, a magazine with Bill Clinton on the cover. Oh, yeah. Alexandra says, let me show you how to inhale, Bill, which... The movie was made in 95. The scandal happened in 98. The I didn't inhale scandal? Really? Yeah. The I scandal have, happened in 98. I could have sworn that the was earlier. The movie in 95. The no, 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 no. The, the, I didn't inhale yeah, was, that when, was, like was when he was trying to get elected. What? That had to have been earlier. Yeah, Lewinsky. you're thinking of you're thinking yeah. of the of the oh. sex scandal. The yeah. I didn't inhale. I didn't, was, you know when I he, that was, was smoking uh, weed. I'm, I'm just saying that man fucking inhaled. Like, have you seen pictures of him from the 70s? He he inhaled. Yes. I mean, not that not yes, that I'm saying did. anything that everyone doesn't know anyway. Next, we see an image of Ron Jeremy and what did they say? I wrote down put some clothes on that perverted hedgehog. Yeah. Yes. The perverted hedgehog. That is his nickname. Yeah. That's what people call him. Yeah, that they was call him uh, the hedgehog. that was quite the. They went for it. I'm like, damn! Like I remembered Ron Jeremy being a punchline a while ago, but I didn't. I didn't remember if it was that bad, like already in the 90s. But apparently, he's been a punchline for good solid 20 some odd years. You go, Ron Jeremy. Your punchlineness has staying yes. power, as does your dick. Apparently, so, right? You know, if you're if you're gonna have one, have both. Yes. Is this the time in the porn cast where we have to now talk about my Ron Jeremy experiences or do we save that for another episode? You know what? Let's I was about to say, since you brought it up, we're going to have to ask. Let's 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 have a brief at least version of the Ron Jeremy experiences. What has happened? 
Oh, well, he sucked on my neck. Afterwards, did you swab for bacteria? I, it might have had a small colony growing. I've never fully recovered. So I was actually I was at a sex conference. And let me put it this way. I had a photo of him being taken. I didn't expect it. When the photo was taken, he went for it. And by it, I mean my neck. And the next thing I know is it felt. Now, here's the conflicting part, because this is the best description I can give. So it felt as if my grandmother was sucking on my neck if she knew what she was doing. I. I, hmm, yeah. I'm not, sh- well, I, I'm sorry, slash congratulations. Um, whew, that's a, <laughs> it, it's, you know, <laughs> that's the first time I've had someone describe any sort of sexual encounter with Ron Jeremy to me. So, uh, you got some good reviews, Ron, there's, or something. So I'm, I hope that the, that the work <laughs> you do on your own penis is better than that, Ron. I hear you can take care of that on your own. So good job for you, Mr. Jeremy, sir. <laughs> That'll be his new porn name. Hot grandma. Ron, hot grandma. Hot grandma. Jeremy. Hedgehog Jeremy. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. He's hedging the hog, baby. Yeah. Grandma Hedgehog. Oh, boy. So the warden comes back in. He feeds her. And they make a deal to not get the institution in trouble anymore. And he's going to set her up with a lover. And then at the very end, we're treated to Alex and her droogs having an orgy scene because this wouldn't be clockwork orgy without an actual orgy. Like I said, this is the orgy that made me think, you know, everyone's been kind of in an orgy. They just don't know it. But that is my theory. Oh, was she cured? Right? It's the punch the punch there that, yes, she's been cured and she was really it's cured. Like she was so cured that she could go out and have an orgy and be fine, I guess. I think that that's what I'm going with. She was so she was so cured she could go out and have an orgy. Yes. That about uh, wraps up the film. I think we're we're pretty much to the end of that now. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. this was so this film actually won an AVN yeah. for best film. I don't know what you guys want to make of that. So it's you know, they I, I think they put a lot of work into keeping the the plot in line with the original. It was it the the sex was enjoyable. It was a fun little romp through a horrifying uh, landscape. From a film standpoint, they did quite a good job. You know, again, whether this is the kind of movie you want to <laughs> right. to watch for what you watch porn for is maybe not the best. Yeah, the whoever man or woman, I don't know who it was that wrote and directed it, but I think they'd really want to be a filmmaker, this person. I have to agree, production-wise, it was a good-looking film and a plot that generally followed the original, but going to be a negative Nancy and say, I feel like Stanley Kubrick probably would have died of a heart attack sooner had he seen this film. <laughs> yes. If this had given him that much of, of the vapors, the, he's not the Stanley Kubrick I know and love. Anyway, anyways, uh, I think that about wraps things up. Uh, <laughs> Ian, tell people where they can find you. Well, you can find me. Well, if you like, if you want to watch my comedy, it's on iTunes and Amazon. And I have two TV specials out there. One's called Critical and Thinking and one's called Extraordinary. And obviously, search me on social media. And then also, we have our little podcast that, that you were on called yes. Critical and Thinking as well, named after my first comedy special. It's myself and comedian Ty Barnett. It was a lot of fun to be on. And um, yeah, so anybody who listens, please check it out. It's very political, though. We, we try to get away from politics, and we always end up back screaming and yelling about Trump. If you like that, check out the Critical and Thinking podcast with uh, Ty Barnett and Ian Harris. Excellent. And if you like us here at Two Girls, One Mike, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash two girls, one Mike, because we do have to pay for the porn we watch. And please support your artists and your porn stars. 
So that is the first thing. You can also find myself on Twitter at Rational Blonde. And Yvette, where can our uh, listeners find you? Y'all can find me at both Twitter and Instagram at The Cybabe. And you can find me at Facebook at Facebook.com slash Cybabe. And it's, you can, yeah, you can find me bopping around the internet. I'm Cybabing on different <laughs> things. So that that's what I'm up to. It's, and uh, now I think we have to, we, we've got some patrons to thank, and then we're going to wrap this up. And thank you guys for having me. We weren't going to go without thanking you. <laughs> it's that was that, well, that was still i'm, I'm thinking you oh, th- thank you for joining us <laughs> so i want to go ahead and thank some of our patrons who have been amazing by the way if you're a patron we not only try giving you additional content and updates of what's going on in our lives and with the show uh, but also give you sneak peeks on potential upcoming guests and let you give us questions to even ask them plus we even get to sometimes speak face to face with you and we love that uh, so I want to go ahead and thank our patrons, Alec and Brian, Brian Goody, Chris Gafralos, Chris Smart, Ed Robbins, Josh Redford, John Redford, uh, Joshua Rice, Michael Trollin, uh, Mojem, Paul Freeland, Ryan Shambly, Sam Jennings, Snarky Vet, Wendy Cornwall. You guys are amazing. Uh, thank you again for tuning in to Two Girls, One Mike. We'll catch you next time. 